All right. So as I was doing a study on the Trinity, I came across passages of scripture that spoke about the angel of the Lord. And it was something special about the angel of the Lord. We're going to talk about that today. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25. Therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor. For we are members of one another for his name's sake. Prescribe truth, we're giving you what the doctor. Ordered Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord servant. We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. I'm JB, and welcome back to the Prescribing Truth Podcast right here on YouTube. If you're watching this and you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button if you find this content helpful. And hit that notification bell to the side so you'll be notified when you have new upcoming content. Also, um, if you listen to this on your podcast apps, I'm available on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, uh, iTunes, um, CastBox. Um, If you listen to this on any of those apps, comment, subscribe, leave a rating and a review. This helps me out a lot. Let's me know how I can make the show better uh, for you guys. Wanting to get you content that's going to be helpful to you and edifying to you. So I really appreciate your input. Um, If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com, or you can call in and leave a voicemail at 801-980-6333. That's if you want to chop it up with me or you want to ask a question and you don't, and you, don't you know, you want to be anonymous or whatever, you can do so. Call me up or text that number. You can do that as well. Um, give a shout out for my new patron, uh, Jack Jack 2016 uh, patron, uh, he subscribed to our patron at $10. Thank you so much, man. Um, and I, I'm greatly appreciative to anybody who opens their wallet up to this ministry. You don't have to, uh, even for those who give just a dollar. Thank you so much. Um, you too, if you'd like to support us financially, you could do so by partnering with us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth. You can see I have for the $20 patrons, receive a t-shirt and there's more. It's not just a shirt. There's a lot more with it. Um, even with Jack Jack with the $10 donation, there are things with that. Not only will we have questions answered on the show, um, they can listen to the live stream, have a Q&A afterwards, and so on and so forth. So, like, I'm taping this now, but you can actually take part in the live stream. We can interact as I'm doing the show. And so I think that'd be great, something I want to do, uh, where you can ask questions live while I'm talking. It'd be great. So if you consider that, I greatly appreciate it. If not, I appreciate your prayers. Today's topic, dealing with the angel of the Lord. Who is he? When I look in the scriptures, I see a theophany. What that is, is that is a physical appearing of God to people. And that those who are writing the scriptures, they're seeing this as, or they call it an angel or a messenger. But when there's specific angel comes is always said to be the angel of the lord not just an angel that appeared or anything just always addressed as being the angel of the lord and uh, so i thought it was very interesting and as i read through the scriptures i see the angel of the lord not just bringing a message but but standing in the authority of god which is something you don't see no other angel do in scripture. 
So I thought it'd be something interesting to bring about, especially um in doing conversations about the Trinity, uh, you know, dealing with the Old Testament. I thought this was very good. Uh, a fun fact. Throughout Scripture, you'll see the angel of the Lord pop up here and there. A lot through the Old Testament, especially in the earlier books. Or earlier books as far as the list goes in the um, canon. But after Jesus is born, you don't see no more mention about the angel of the Lord. No more after Jesus is born. Very interesting. So, why this topic? Uh, I feel like it's important, uh, especially, like I said, dealing with this trinity. And it has important implications to the nature of God. God created everything in the world, everything, even angels. And to have this specific angel sharing in the glory that is only given to Yahweh is very striking. And it leads to some shocking implications. If this angel of the Lord is just an angel, well, then we have someone sharing God's glory which God says that no one shares his glory, or he will share his glory with no one. And so that's very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very important that we talk about this. There is a debate on this issue. There are people who, especially those who stand in a Unitarian um, thing, they, the people who hold to Unitarianism, who believe that God is just one person, uh, who deny the Trinity, basically. Um, they would disagree with this. Um, but, hey, they disagree with Trinity. So I'm going to give scripture and what I see from scripture and allow you guys to digest it, to deal with it, and then give some pushback. If you see what I'm seeing, then let me know. Let me come off this screen. I always seem to do this. All right. So we're back to normal. So I want to give scripture and we're going to look at it from there. So we're going to take a look at Genesis 16, some particular verses, and Numbers 22. All right. Y'all bear with me. Uh, it's been a rough week. I had like my sinus problems. It's been tough. It's been tough. All right. So we're going to look at Genesis 16 and Numbers 22. All right. Here we go. So I'm going to try my best. Not to read all the way through Genesis 16, but man, there's so much in this chapter that just bleeds that the angel of the Lord is more than just a mere angel, a mere messenger of God. So, um, yeah, let's 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 dive into it. So Genesis 16. Now, this is dealing with Sarah, Abraham and Hagar. This is going to be dealing with. Where uh, Sarah Abraham, they didn't believe the word of the Lord, saying the Lord would give them a son. So they uh, have Abram sleep with Hagar, and she has a son, Ishmael. Okay, that's that's all going to be important. It's going to play a part. All right, so I want to skip down. The, the first mention of this is in Genesis sixteen seven. Okay, that's right here. Now, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. So this is uh, the angel of the Lord speaking to Hagar. You know, this is, this is important. 
And he said, verse 8, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarai, the angel of the Lord. Can you see how it just always mentions the angel of the Lord? The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. All right. So there's nothing new that we see angels in the scriptures giving commands to humans because they are direct messengers of the Lord. You know, they're coming to give a, a message, to declare something to people on the behalf of God. So this is nothing new. So this is not the shocking part. This is not the part that would push the argument. But as we continue, uh, verse 10, the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for a multitude. Now, wait a minute. Where is anywhere in scripture does an angel, a mere angel say that they will multiply someone, someone's seed? This is what he says. This angel did not say, behold, the Lord will do this. The angel of the Lord said, I will do it. And now this is something similar to what God had already said to Abram. The promise that he made to him that he will multiply his ascendants. But now the angel of the Lord is speaking to Hagar and said that, hey, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. Wow. So this means that not only Yahweh has the power to multiply seed, you know, to do that, but an angel can too. Very peculiar. I don't think that's so. I believe that when we see the angel of the Lord mentioned the scripture, especially in these places. Now, there are other places that you have to read the context that I don't think this would apply to. But in this context of what's being said, the angel of the Lord has to be a theophany. God in physical form speaking to Hagar. OK. Now, it says, um, behold, or I'm sorry, verse um, 11. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. Now, this sentence following after that would not be one because we know an angel came to uh, Joseph and to Mary and told them what they should call their baby. And the name was Jesus. All right. So I wouldn't make a stretch to say all of this, but still. Nowhere in scripture do we see an angel, just an angel, saying that they are going to multiply someone's seeds so they can't be numbered. There's something that God says that he will do for people, not angels. Now, it'd be different. Like I said, if the angel said the Lord will do it, you know, but that's not what the angel said. The angel said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring. That's some authority. Okay. Now, uh, we're going to continue because that's not all. Now, after this inter this interaction happened and this dialogue took place, verse uh, 12 says, He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. Whoa. The Bible says it was the angel of the Lord who was speaking to her. 
Verse 12 says, not verse 12, verse 13 says, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of sin. Ooh, wait a minute. Hold up now. Now, don't, don't give me that look. This is what the scripture is saying. The whole time, it's been the angel of the Lord speaking to her. And then saying how this will happen to her because the Lord has heard her affliction. But the angel of the Lord said he will multiply her seed. So this whole time, it's the angel of the Lord who's speaking to her. But her response is, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. And the word for Lord here is Yahweh. It's Yahweh. So she referred to this angel as Yahweh. Remember who's writing these scriptures. Genesis. Moses. And Moses is referring to this angel as he's writing about this account that took place. And saying this was Yahweh who spoke to her. And so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. That's what Hagar said of the angel who spoke to her. Now, if you look in scripture, every mere angel who was given this kind of reverence, even bowed down and worshiped to, refused it. Because no one can be worshipped but God. But this angel, this angel of the Lord, does not refuse what Hagar says. He doesn't rebuke her. She just called him not she just called him Lord and called him a call him God. Ooh. And then she says, oh, let me finish this verse. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of sin. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Who looks after her? Who's the one? Who's the one who heard her affliction? The Lord. That's what the angel of the Lord said. The Lord has heard your affliction. And so she's saying these things of the angel of the Lord. She said, I have seen him who looks after me. Oh, man. Now, why all this matters? Before I even go to the, the next verses, why does this matter? <clears throat> In John, it says that no one has ever seen God. No one. But the only begotten God, who is at the bosom of the Father, he has made him known. That's Jesus. That the pre-incarnate son, the eternal word of God. In certain places in the Old Testament, as this is evidence here, appeared unto people as a theophany. You know, because no one has ever seen the father. No one. But he has made him known. Ooh. This is good, y'all. This is good. This is consistent with scripture. Because look how people react, especially with the other scriptures we're going to look at. How do people react when they realize they've been in the presence of God and didn't even realize it? Hmm. All right. So that, that was Genesis 16. Uh, I, wanted, I said I was going to go up to 12, but I had to go to verse 13 because that was important. So we looked at Genesis 16. Now I want to look at Numbers 22. Now, Numbers 22 is what made me feel like I had to make this video and make this podcast. I had to do this uh, for what I saw in Numbers 22. Genesis 16 just, just gives that, ugh. And that's why I had to do it first. So, Numbers 22. 
Now, this is going to take uh, literally this whole chapter. It may, a little, it may be a little bit in Numbers 23, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to skim through. So I, I would encourage you to follow along, to go back and read it for yourself. Read it slowly. Take your time because this is how I'm going to be breaking it down for the podcast. All right. So Numbers 22. Now, this is dealing with Balak and Balaam. Balak wanting Balaam to curse Israel, but Balaam can't curse Israel. Can't. He can only do what the Lord tells him to do. Who tells him to do? Yahweh. Pay attention to that. All right. So uh, I'm going to go down to Numbers 22, um, 8. So the people come to Balaam and they come request. Uh, they come in the name of Balaam, uh, wanting him to come with them. And so uh, Balaam tells them to stay overnight while he inquires of the Lord. So verse eight, and he said to them, lodge here tonight and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. Now, who's speaking to Balaam or who's going to speak to Balaam? Yahweh is capital L-O-R-D means that it's Yahweh. The underlying Hebrew is Yahweh. OK, so as the Lord speaks to me. So the princess of Moab stayed with Balaam. Twenty two nine and God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has, has sent to me, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt, and it covers the face of the earth. Now come, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and drive them out. Now what did God tell Balaam? God said to Balaam, this verse 12, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Okay. Who's saying this to Balaam? God. Who did Balaam go to inquire word of? God. Right. Remember that. So now he goes telling the next day. Uh, Balak sends messengers again to do the same thing. This time Balaam ends up going with them. But we're gonna so we're gonna skip down to those verses. Verse twenty. Uh, I'm sorry. Numbers twenty-two, verse eighteen. This is after they came again. He said, but Balaam answered and said to the servants after they came the second time, uh, the servants of Balak, though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the command of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. So this is after they came again. They offered him, you know, uh, some riches and Balaam saying, uh-uh, I cannot go against what God say, no matter what he gives me or what he offers me. And so. Uh, but still, even though God had already said, don't go, don't curse these people, they're blessed, Balaam still goes and asks God again. Now that's a message in itself, but we're going to continue. And so um, Balaam tells him to stay overnight, this is verse 19, and he's going to talk to the Lord again. Verse 20, God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men have come to call you, rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you. Wait a minute. Remember, who's speaking to Balaam? God. I remember that. So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. Now, this is where it gets a little heated. This is the part that got me a little hype. All right, so here we go. Verse 22. But God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary. 
Look at that. The angel of the Lord. That's where it is. The angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary. Now he was riding on the donkey and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the road and went into the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the road. So now the donkey sees the angel of the Lord and is turning away and not, is trying to avoid the angel of the Lord. But Balaam can't see. So he strikes the donkey. Now this happens a couple times. And so now as it's funny, as the, the donkey turns and Balaam strikes the donkey, goes somewhere else, the angel Lord moves positions. It's like as if to trap Balaam where he can't go no further. It's for the donkey because the donkey will no, go nowhere else. And so the angel Lord stood in narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either side. So here the angel Lord is trapping him in. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Now, or verse 26, then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. So now this donkey is trapped. Balaam shrunk the donkey trying to get the, the go in different places. Angel of the Lord trapped him. All right, so. Uh, verse 27, when the angel, I'm sorry, when donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And when and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord, this is who's doing it, the Lord. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Now, the, Balaam's going to talk about the donkey not being obedient, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Verse 30 says, the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Is it not my habit to treat this way? And he said, no. So donkey is saying, something's going on here. You, I've never done this. So this should really strike you. And it should be interesting enough to think, Balaam is speaking to a donkey who's speaking back to him. He doesn't stop and pause and say, is God doing this? Interesting. Then the Lord, verse 31, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord. Who did he see? The angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed down and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, it is evil. if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men. But speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went uh, went on with the prince of Balaam. So wait a minute. Now the angels were saying, I'm going to give you instruction. I'm going to do these things. That angel Lord, I've always looked at this scripture and I always thought about the angel Lord just being this angel. Just a mere angel who was sent by God to stand there 
and to strike Balaam if he was to come too close. But that was it was more than that. This angel of the Lord has authority and is saying that Balaam's way was perverse against him. But wait a minute. How was the how is Balaam's way perverse against the angel of the Lord when the angel of the Lord just came and stood in the way? His way was perverse against God because he disobeyed God. That's important. So, uh, and then think about it. So Balaam realized he had sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will go back. Why is he concerned, concerned with the a mere angel's way of seeing things? It's God who has the authority. It's God that he disobeyed. Very interesting. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men and speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went on with the prince of Balak. Now keep that in your mind. The angel of the Lord said, speak only what I tell you. Now he didn't say, speak only what the Lord tells you. He said, speak only what I tell you. Let's go further down. We're going to this. Now we're going to uh, chapter 23. So bear with me. All right. So <clears throat> now, so he meets up with Balak and he's um, and Balak gives his request to Balaam, wanting him to curse Israel. And this is what verse 23, no, no, chapter 23, verse one says. And Balaam said to Balak, build for me here seven altars and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. Balak did as Balaam had said. And Balak and Balaam offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And Balaam said to Balak, Stand beside your <clears throat> stand beside your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. And he went to bear height. And God met Balaam, and Balaam said to him, I have arranged the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So who did it? So Numbers 23, verse 5. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So now we see the Lord is the one who's given Balaam the words to speak. But earlier, the angel of the Lord said, I will speak. I mean, like, he's, the angel of the Lord said, Speak only what I tell you to speak. Very interesting. This angel of the Lord has the same authority as Yahweh. That can't be. This can be if this is a theophany. If this is God appearing in a physical form, who I would make good argument to believe that it's the eternal son, eternal word of God, making appearance to particular people for purpose. So, the, the, as the story goes on, Balaam, he couldn't curse Israel. Eventually, he um, caused Israel to sin, you know, and therefore God did um, curse them because of their sin, not because of Balaam. And so, I wanted you to see how it was the angel of the Lord who told Balaam, go with these men, but speak only what I tell you. And if this was just a mere angel, then he could have easily said, speak only what the Lord says. That's not what happened. The angel of the Lord spoke 
with the same authority on the level as Yahweh. This means that the angel of the Lord is not a creation. Same level as Yahweh. Must be Yahweh himself in physical form. So, um, that's that. And remember, as scripture says, no one has ever seen God at any time. But the only begotten, the only unique God who is at the bosom of the Father, he has made him known. That's John 1. All right, so that's it for that. I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, please leave your comments, push back. I know some of you are going to disagree. That's fine. Do so with respect. And I appreciate it. So, um, yeah. I just want to show you those two verses, or those two scriptures. And really, it was three scriptures with Numbers 23 included. Uh, but there are many more scriptures we could have gone to. And so maybe you come across a scripture that shows the angel of the Lord moving in a way that can only be for God or operating in a way that can only be for God. Comment that. This helps others as they look at this content. And I really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Watch more prescribed truth to the side. And remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.